Welcome to the Prepared to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Uh, today, we're just going to get into uh, Q&A catch-up. Since we have uh, some questions that we've skipped over and uh, some new ones that came in, we're going to get into it and uh, try to get all these answered. So, um, not really sure how long this one will be. We'll see how far we, <laughs> we decide to rant. So, uh, what do we got up first? How important are blood panels for athletes? Oh man, I I feel like lately I've been telling uh, everyone to get blood panels. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I've been taking on a lot more people for nutrition, um, and I kind of stress the importance of that. And I I always tell people like it's not like required right away, but you know we can start off and figure some things out. But at some point, I like people to get blood work done because a lot of people, um, you know, I'll, I'll hear this where they'll say like, "Oh, I don't think I have any deficiencies." Well, how do you know? Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, I can remember when my vitamin D was low, like I wouldn't have known had right. they not ran that blood test and found it, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, my vitamin B levels were like off the charts before. Didn't know. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't know those things in your body. Sure. There can be like symptoms and things like that, but, um, you don't actually know unless you get blood work done. So you can't attack those deficiencies unless you know what your blood work looks like. Um, I have other people that, uh, are finding out they're going to getting blood work done and finding out, um, you know, on the male side, like their testosterone's low on the female side, like their estrogen levels and testosterone levels are messed up. And, you know, and, and, and people think they feel fine and feel good until they actually feel good. Right. You know, so, um, you know, I have, I have one guy that, you know, later twenties went, got blood work done. Um, you know, found out his test was low and this happens a lot. Like, and this is how guys start like TRT or start, mm-hmm. you know, running cycles or whatever, cause they're still trying to be an athlete, but you, you can't, you, well, you can, but you just won't be great. Um, it's very hard to run like and be an athlete on uh, low testosterone levels. I mean, it regulates so many things. And the thing is that people don't realize is I watched a guy recently, you know, go on uh, TRT, just TRT level dose. Right. Mm-hmm. And within three, four weeks, his lifts have completely changed around. I mean, they're all jumping. It's not even like, okay, he feels a little bit stronger. Like his body reacted to it and they're jumping his levels are probably not even to the point they're probably like at an average male level now you know they're they're not up there yet they're not skyrocketing or anything you know but that just goes to show how quick things can start to turn around just getting a little bit of that boost and Mm -hmm. he knew that through blood work so um, most of the things that people are going to be deficient in or excessive in sometimes you can see that too uh, they don't have a lot of symptoms if you're within a certain range, you know, above or below. Mm-hmm. You have these little things that start to pop up where, like you said, with vitamin D, you might have someone who has like some depression issues or sleep issues or, you know, they sleep too much. Maybe if it gets low enough, that could be one of the symptoms. Or with testosterone, you have difficulty recovering. You don't think as clearly, you know, low libido. Sure, those are there, mm-hmm. but the range for what testosterone can be that is acceptable. It's like what, 250 to 750. Did they change that? At one point? Um, I, I mean, I've seen as high as like 900, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen charts that say like 1100. I, 
there's probably not too many guys in the world walking around with like thousand right, know, levels right. of natural test. Um, I've seen, you know, 900, 850 range, but yeah, that like, if you're in the five hundreds, you know, that's, you're probably sitting pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, um, I think the average, I want to say is like low five hundreds or something is like kind of the, the middle ground, the middle ground. Yeah. So, um, and to, and to take that into context, like it is, people don't really like 200, uh, higher on your levels is a big deal. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not like, you know, okay, that range is that much and it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. I think people hear TRT or testosterone replacement and they think, oh, you're like, immediately they go, that's steroids. You're going mm -hmm. way above the norm on yeah. what your testosterone would be. And you're like, no, you could go from say 300, which is pretty low, mm -hmm. still within range of what's acceptable by some doctors, but low up to 500, yeah. which is the norm or the average and have a night and day difference in how you feel. Yeah. It's that little bit of help and support. I really like to encourage people to get blood panels because you have a map. Yeah. I mean, imagine you start working with someone and you work with them for three years and you get a blood panel at the beginning and you're like, Oh, you're at like 550 for your testosterone mm -hmm. count every six months they go and get it consistent. And then out of nowhere in a six month period, it plummets. Mm -hmm. It's like 300. You know, as a coach, if you didn't have that info, you might be sitting there banging your head against the wall. Like, why aren't things working? Like, what's yeah. falling apart? What can we do? Do we need to change lifts? Do we need to change approach? Yeah. Well, and I that's, then you can have this multifaceted approach to it. Where it's like, well, how's your stress in life? How's sleep? How's food? Mm -hmm. And what else is going on? There was um, a female recently that's like basically along them same lines. Like, you know, we're doing some things with nutrition. I'm like, there's not a big reaction, not what normally should mm -hmm. be in like, you know, I'm controlling the programming. So there's some things I was changing in there. I'm like, this isn't the typical reaction. She's, you know, 100% on the macros, like all this stuff. So I finally asked her, I'm like, when's the last time you got blood work done? Do you know if like you have hormone issues? Sure enough. She says like, oh, I'm almost positive. Like my hormones are messed up from you know, taking, you know, SARMs and, um, whatever before, mm -hmm. like a little bit of, uh, I don't know if she went the anabolic route, but there were some things, um, I can't remember right off the top of my head exactly what she was taking, but it was things that do affect that. Mm -hmm. So it's like light bulb went off. I'm like, and I told her, I was like, it's going to be a lot harder to achieve the goal that you want until this is all corrected. Right. And it, it's a matter of time. I can't tell you and give you like, something that's going to change it next week. It doesn't, right. doesn't work that yeah, way. That passive so. rebound when it comes to the body trying to refluctuate yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, it's also very helpful to understand that when you go and get blood work done, what it can mean uh, in reverse. So one of the things that I remember learning about when I was having a lot of chronic fatigue issues was that if something goes wrong with the thyroid, mm -hmm. like the body goes down this like chain of command on what it tries to do to compensate. Yeah. So thyroid starts having issues for whatever reason. It goes to the adrenal gland and it's like, all right, we'll just start pumping out adrenaline and cortisol, yeah. try to counteract it. It gets to the point where it can't keep up with that for multiple different reasons. What's it do? It goes down to testosterone. It's like, all mm -hmm. right, we're going to compensate by increasing testosterone for a period of time yeah. in order for this person to have energy. Because apparently, as the brain interprets, their life's in danger. Yeah. yeah. We have to help them. And then that burns out. If you go in and you see, you know, in that six month period that it has plummeted, 
you could have other things up the chain that you really need to take a look at and take mm-hmm. care of um, that don't seem directly related, but are. That's that's why like the people with like thyroid issues and stuff like you know what I'll work with them, but I always tell them like it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like don't expect something to drastically change. You need to keep listening to your doctor. Like mm-hmm. you know all those things. Um, they're very 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 difficult to work with. Um, especially if they have like great expectations, um, because it's going to take time mm-hmm. and especially if you're new to it, you know, if this just popped up not long ago and stuff. So, uh, what, what's the next one? So in short, we're saying that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> short, very important. Get blood work done. All right. Best advice to a middle age active male looking to take steps to fix his recovery. Well, speaking of testosterone replacement, yeah. Uh, go get a blood panel done. So yep. start off. That's first start. That's first step there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, one, you know, obviously the blood work, but two, like what's your diet look like? What's your sleep look like? You know, mm-hmm. you look, start looking at those things first. If those are on point, okay, what, you know, I don't know what this person's doing or how they're working out or anything, you know, but what are you doing outside of those things to repair your body? Like, are you getting tissue work done? Are you working your mobility? Are you on your off days? Are you just sitting on your ass? Or are you moving around? You know, mm-hmm. um, I have a, a lifter right now, <laughs> literally two weeks ago, complaining that his, his bench wasn't moving as fast as it normally does. And, you know, he can usually press it so much faster all mm-hmm. the way up has a pec issue goes and gets dry needled within two weeks things are flying i'm said yeah. i said what changed i was like what did you do mm-hmm. you went and got fucking tissue work done mm-hmm. and i keep he's like oh i just didn't expect it to have that much effect well there's your light bulb man yeah. that i've been telling you for over a year to keep on top of your tissue work um and a lot of people don't understand that like you need to see practitioners and it will make a huge difference. I'm getting ready to post about my uh, squat during prep, mm-hmm. the how it looked at the meat and how it looked during prep. And at that point in prep, yes, there's CNS fatigue. There's, there's all those things, but there was also that issue on pretty much my whole um, upper left side. I'll say, it, you know, mm-hmm. running from the elbow, you know, we're talking scaps like traps. I mean, everything on that side was, was messed up and you know you did tissue work the Cairo did needling mm-hmm. you know we we did all these things and i had a quick turnaround within a couple weeks mm-hmm. and look what happened i hit, i squatted 50 pounds more at the meet than i did during training from just the upper left side mm-hmm. from the upper left side being messed up yeah you know and you know even if you account for a little bit of um fatigue in there you know it it's not that's very hard to do even with the fatigue factor yeah like because i i wasn't completely as wrecked as i normally feel but that I remember problem that. was throwing the pattern off and when you get up there and you're trying to squat 700 plus pounds if your pattern is wonky at all you're that you the circle of like the the good day bad day that we've talked about before mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. Like you can, a 75 pound difference. I mean, 
in in the way weights feel like 500 pounds can feel terrible right you know what i mean when normally it's still a warm-up mm-hmm. you know so uh i get i'm sure that this is just <clears throat> what they didn't think about this but i get caught up on the word fix um you're not going to fix your recovery like your recovery mm-hmm. isn't broken per se it probably just doesn't have enough attention to yeah. detail on it so it is looking at what is your overall picture what is the overall approach that you're currently doing um like you said, you have an emphasis on nutrition and have you figured out how to make that as specific to you and your goals as possible? So you're not just like picking some general seemingly clean diet off the internet. And like, I'm going to do this. This will help out, you know, work with someone. <coughs> Justin's currently dying. Oh, <laughs> I'm choking on water. <laughs> oh man. Just got water bordered myself oh all right <clears throat> back um the sleep aspect is really big the other things that are going on when you say uh, middle age i immediately think like what are the life factors mm-hmm. going there are you able to get enough sleep do you have a proper sleep cycle with other things that are going on outside of the gym that are affecting your ability to recover just from day to day not even yeah. the gym just day-to-day life Um, family responsibilities, work responsibilities, that kind of thing. But the soft tissue aspect. Yeah. I think people downplay it because they don't get opportunities to see how much it hinders what they can do. Cause when you look at just activities of daily living, like you don't have to have your pecs feeling great in order to just mow the yard or do yard work. You don't have to have, you know, amazing mobility to do stuff around the house. You might have like one situation every once in a while where you're like, oh, that feels tight. But if you're active and you're trying to do things, those areas that aren't being taken care of, they start to like present themselves Mm -hmm. way more. Mm -hmm. But until you experience that, it's really easy to say, oh, it's not that big a deal. You know, I get worked on every couple of months. I think that's one of the the biggest things that – I try to stress in new people and they don't get it right away. And I tell them you will get it one day is become in tune with your body. Like it yeah, should be mental notes or if you can't take mental notes, write it down about how you felt each training session. I know people have done that. Literally they have their log of what they're doing and then under is notes of like how they felt, if they got any work done recently, stuff like that. You, you gotta like, I like I'm very new you know this about me I'm very in tune with my body um I can pretty much tell you like well there's been times you've done it my my Cairo who's pretty good has done it where it's like I might say something very vague like yeah my left hip or my left like on my on my back it's not feeling right and you guys will go through and you will pinpoint the exact spot that when there's pressure there, that that's exactly where it's hurting. That's exactly mm-hmm. where the problems come yep. from. You know what I mean? All those things. Um, and it, like, I know that there's issues there because I feel it mm-hmm. and I feel it in my movement. And, um, and even if I don't feel it in the movement, cause that is, you know, it does get that way. Sometimes you're not exactly sure where it's coming from. Like, you know, there's a problem, right? It's not just like, and you're not going to move perfect every day. But something feels more often. Yeah. Like you should kind of know how your body feels when it is fully recovered, feeling well, moving well. And then if something's off, 
a roundabout what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you should know, like, okay, I need to go see this practitioner, that practitioner. I need to do this, that. And then from there, you take those notes. Like, we know if this certain issue pops up with an elbow or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've attacked them before and it's worked. Not to say it will happen again and it will be perfect, but at least we know there's the starting point. Right. Let's see if this works again. If it doesn't, we'll move on. Got a yeah. start point and an approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, actually, along that line, do you believe in dry needling? And if so, do you offer it? Um, moving more towards like the recovery and soft tissue side. Do I always laugh when people say like, do you believe in? I was like, well, yeah, it exists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yes, I do. Uh, I think that it is a very beneficial tool, but it is like anything else. It is a tool. Do I yeah. offer it? No, it's not something that massage therapists are allowed to do in the state of Ohio. I don't know if they're allowed to do it anywhere in their Mm. scope of practice which is crazy to me because i mean in a nutshell all you're doing is let's call it let's call it poking an area (laughs) that you with your fingers or another tool cannot get in that deep to manipulate Mm -hmm. you guys know the anatomy you know the ins and outs it's amazing that you guys aren't mm-hmm. allowed to get certified to do it. You know? Athletic trainers are allowed to do it. Uh, PTAs are allowed to do it. So now, granted, athletic trainers at this point, they have, uh, they're required to have their master's. Mm-hmm. So massage therapists, they can come out without even having an associate, so you can just go get your license. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, it's frustrating because I do think that it is a very helpful tool mm-hmm. and it's a very specific tool. Mm-hmm. So if you do a general massage on someone, you can help a lot of things, but only a little for each one of those. Mm-hmm. And each time that you narrow down and get more specific with a tool, you increase how much you can help, but for less. And the dry needling is insanely helpful for the handful of things that it's meant to do. I mean, like you were saying, with that left side, you went in, you got dry needled a couple of times. Yes, in combination with adjustments with massage, mm-hmm. But it sped that whole process up yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, the times that you've been needled for your elbow or bicep, and I've been needled for uh, my pec, my bicep, my scap, my wrist. Um, when it's used for the right thing, and you yeah. want to make sure you're talking to someone to see, like you can't just use it for anything and everything. <laughs> this hurts. Stab yeah. me. <laughs> I have a broken bone. Let's needle. <laughs> but for what it does, it does really well. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It is... It's a soft tissue approach. Yeah. It's a hyper-specific soft tissue approach. And when you see other professionals who are in a similar practice or at a similar level of education and they're allowed to and you're not, it it does become frustrating because you want to be able to offer the things that will help the people you work with. Yeah. All right. How often should I stretch to increase flexibility? Uh, I wanted to do this one because we talked at one point it was a couple episodes ago about um, how often to stretch to compensate for like the tightness of powerlifting. And we kind of did a breakdown where we were saying, well, if you do just a little bit of stretching, you basically balance out some of the tightness that's inherently going to build up with powerlifting. And so with that one, you just want to increase how specific of a question that you're able to answer. Like, Technically, if you don't really do anything, you just kind of live your life, 
you stretch twice a week, you'll probably see some benefits mm -hmm. from doing that. You start adding activity in, and you probably need to increase how often you do it or how much you're doing it even on those days. But how much do you want to increase your flexibility? Like if we're talking about being acrobatics, gymnastics, dancer level, like you better be doing seven days a week, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, realistically, six days a week. And like they're spending hours working on that kind of flexibility. Yeah. But in general, what I tell people, even working with powerlifters, weightlifters too, you hit two to four days a week, you will see a benefit. Yeah. It's a matter of are you being specific enough with your stretches yeah. to get the benefit that I, you need. I can remember, uh, you know, coming from when I was uh, in in the CrossFit world, um, you know, people would spend, Jesus, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, you know, mm -hmm. all the time on stretching and um, I wouldn't even call it like actual like full bloom mobility, a little bit of stuff in there. You know, as, as far as using tools and things, but like so much stretching and I've been down that road where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do more mobility when I was trying to, um, you know, do like CrossFit Olympic lifting and all that stuff. And I never, like I've said this before, I didn't see some great, um, return on your investment on, on time. Like I've noticed just as much from doing maybe 15 minutes worth a night mm -hmm. versus when I used to do like half hour, 45 minutes mm -hmm. with everyone else, you know, working on my mobility. Then, I mean, there's, I see no difference, right? You know, other people might, but I just, I had never have. So this comes back to what we've <laughs> talked about. And I've done a few videos where your body's ability to express mobility mm -hmm. has three different parts on it. And only one of them is flexibility. Yeah. So if you have people that are like, well, I'm going to go stretch for an hour and you only needed 15 minutes to yeah. kind of check that box for your mobility, yeah. that's 45 minutes well, of just redundancy. A lot redundancy. of people don't understand. They're, they're so dumb at reading biomechanics too that like a lot of people that have leverages to move a certain way, you don't need to do a ton of flexibility training. Right. You can already move through that range because of your femur lengths, because of your torso lengths, because, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're doing. Um, and it's funny to like those, you'll see these people sometimes that are built to squat and they have like a six inch range of motion and their ass touches their ankles and all that, you know, and they'll like, Oh, you need to work more mobility. That's what, you know, you need to work more. No dumbass. Like you're built to fucking <laughs> squat. We are not right. <laughs> like, it's, it's two different things. Look at your limbs. Look at mine completely different, you know? So it's like, that's when like their deadlift is weak. And I just say, I should just say, oh, well you should probably grow your hamstrings. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why don't you get four inch longer legs? You know, it's, just, it's, it's so between now and your next competition. We're just going to make you taller. Yeah. People don't get it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny sometimes, but I had um, a teacher in school. He said he was working with this, uh, professional bi uh, bicyclist and he had insanely tight quads mm. and my teacher was constantly trying to tell him like, I need you to stretch these in order to work on like the tissue health. And he's like, this is all the range I need. And he like only enough to be able to bend the knee to bring the pedal up. Mm -hmm. and he's like, this is why I'm so fast. 
And he's like, when I'm done biking and being competitive, I will stretch them. Until then, no. This yeah. is all I'm, I need to need to bend. And you know, to your point where if you have somebody who their body is just kind of naturally able or unable to go into certain positions, like, yeah, you can do all the mobility work in the world. You can have someone tell you like, oh, you need to work on this and that. It's not going to do anything. No. You know, it might actually be counterproductive yeah. to what you want for the sport. The idea of when I think of CrossFit and the amount of time that they would spend stretching, because I did see that quite a bit when I would go and do massage in some of the gyms, is you are never going to outstretch, out mobilize whatever you want to think. Bad movement. Yeah, never. Like the tightness that they develop doing things the way that I would often see it done. I'm trying to be as nice about it as I can. Mm. Um, you're not going to. You're just no. not. When you're going super fast with bad form in a short range of motion doing um, the things like the kipping pull-ups or toes to bar, you're going to have insanely tight lats mm-hmm. because they're chronically overused. Mm-hmm. You're not going to outstretch that. You just, you can't. No. All right. I have a pool day coming up tomorrow what are the best things to keep in mind to use it for an active recovery day wait use your pool day as an active oh sorry swimming pool day oh i thought p-o-o-l oh okay (laughs) i was like wait you're gonna deadlift on your active recovery what (laughs) um what was it i'm sorry what was the question then so basically i'm going to be swimming tomorrow What can I keep in mind to use it for an active recovery day? I think the intensity mm-hmm. um, is the big thing. You know, you want to work at a pace that isn't, um, you shouldn't feel like a lot of lactic buildup or anything like that. I wouldn't go in there doing like, um, unless it's like, because some people are extremely fit and they can get away with this, um, but I wouldn't for most people. Don't go in there doing like sprints. Or mm-hmm. anything. Um, well, you spent a lot of time when you were in training, mm. like with swimming. Did you have days where you used it? Yeah. So, like, some days it would just be like a 500 yard uh, swim at a moderate pace, call mm-hmm. it a day. You know what I mean? Um, some days it would be where I would, um, I would do like some 250s, a couple 250s, and mm-hmm. I would take rest in between them. Um, and then, you know, I would work, I was always kind of big on like working on breathing too. So I would go, oh, that's a good um, point. and I would sink to the bottom of the pool and, um, or just even like I would hold on to the side and like dip myself under and hold my breath for a certain time and come back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to learn more about like lung capacity and things like that, like how to like expand that all. And that's a big thing. A lot of people don't do before like their cardio or, um, I would always do it before swimming. That kind of helps open everything up. But um, so like that might be my recovery day. Um, okay. But like a actual, you know, workout swim day, you know, 500 yards was the warm up, and then it was sprints, then it was bricks, you know, um, then it could be ending with, you know, some uh, something a little bit longer, like a thousand or something like okay. that. I mean, it just depended what what kind of mode I was in. What was I running that day? Was I not, was I lifting that day? Was I not? Um, but do you have a comparison between like your active recovery and the actual workouts? Yeah. I I mean, it's a great reduction in like intensity and, 
um, the amount of volume I was doing. Um, the other thing that I tell people to be careful of is like, can I remember you're using a lot of muscles. So like if you just got done squatting, pulling, um, if you just did a back day, shoulder day, like oh, understand, like, you know, you're going to be sore working through these things. So don't be like, so I'm saying, don't try to push through the water. Like you're in a 50 yard sprint, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to do that because you're just going to cause more damage and more fatigue. So well, let's do like one more. All right. So Max wrote in and I'm willing to call him out on it. What's your favorite micronutrient? My favorite micronutrient, yep. the one that you're deficient in. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of uh, deficiencies. Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin D. Those are three big ones. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean for most people. Um, you know, if you look up any like top ten deficiencies. I guarantee that's one of them. So, um, you know, it's hard to like pick one, Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would always go for the one that you're deficient in, uh, is the one you need to be eating more of. So, um, as far as like overall health, um, I would probably go with vitamin D just because of all of its capabilities, especially, um, on the male side. If, if I was like, you had to pick one to take, um, but they all do a certain job within the body. So, um, if you are deficient in one, then that's my favorite one for you to eat. <laughs> I'm going with, uh, magnesium. Mm. That's another one that's usually in there. I'm a huge yeah. fan of magnesium. Um, I don't know. Like if we actually sat down and thought about what, I don't know what I would actually pick as my absolute favorite. Uh, Vitamin K. I think he was just, you know, trying to be funny with the question, but yeah. no, as a, coincidentally, it is something that I've talked to people quite a bit about recently mm. where people coming in and, um, whether they're saying that they have something that stays tight, that they just, it hasn't been like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, or they have muscle cramps, they have feelings of chronic tension that doesn't relate to tightness or more mm. like the anxiety side yeah issues of sleep restless legs yeah yep. it is insanely helpful and it's also very common to see people be deficient in mm. magnesium because of the things that we eat or that we do that deplete magnesium we also just as a society don't do a very good job of supplementing that mm -hmm. whereas if you look at a lot of things that are fortified in the normal diet magnesium typically isn't something that's thrown in enough Mm -hmm. to balance out or to you know, bring it up to an acceptable level. And I've just been having a number of conversations the past couple of weeks with people where I said, you know, have you ever thought about this? Here's what I would look into. You know, here's what I take, how much I take, here's how I did it. And lo and behold, it's not a perfect fix, mm -hmm. but it's definitely an improvement. Yeah. I mean, it helps out with literally hundreds of different processes in the body. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's mine. Announcements uh, that... We mentioned before there was going to be a um, kind of a women's seminar. So we had a lot of like female and business vendors, um, a lot of women getting together. They're going to be doing like panels, things like that. That's on July 24th uh, here at the gym. I'm going to actually repost um, Maria's post on our page. So that way people uh, know where her Instagram's at. And you'll need to go 
and message her um, to find out more details. And uh, if you're, you know, wanting to be a vendor, anything like that, or just want to come do it, I believe you have to get tickets to it. I believe is what she's doing. I don't think they're like expensive or anything, mm-hmm. but um, I think it just kind of goes back to helping pay for like the vendors, the organization. Um, I think she might be doing like food or something. Okay. You know what I mean, so it's just basically like to be able to bring everyone together. So um, we'll post that up. If you got more questions, like I said, ask her because she's going to know all the important details. Okay. So, so if people wanted to be a vendor. They wanted to contribute in some mm-hmm. way. Contact her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, meets Kentucky Open. God, we just had another sign up this morning. That, that one's uh, – by the time this comes out, it might be sold out. So, okay. Um, then our October meet, the throwdown. Uh, we've still got spots left. I expect that one to start filling up probably in like August or July um, when people start picking fall meets more. Um, and then the fall brawl sold out and will continue to be. Um, you know, we're still, we're a couple down the wait list, but that's it. So, okay. Um, Dan hasn't picked a, there's going to be an Olympic lifting meet at some point. Uh, I believe sometime maybe in September, but he hasn't, I don't think he's picked a date yet on that. So he's doing another level one, but it's in Pittsburgh. I think so. I think that's coming up soon. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But if there is anyone that missed the recent one that he did, that was here at unrivaled and you were looking to get your level one, he is going to be doing that. Um, it would be fairly close. I mean, you're talking maybe a two-hour drive less yeah. to go. So definitely worth it for those of you who were looking to get the level one at some yep. point this summer. Um, anything with seminars? I know we talked about that. It's been a little bit. Any thoughts on doing one? Um, I don't know. Life's, life's pretty nuts right now. So <laughs> um, I'm actually trying to focus on getting the life stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, before I'll do any kind of extra things. But uh, after the meet, I told myself that, like, get less on my plate, not more. Okay. So, uh, that's why I'm, uh, if people didn't notice, I put it in my story the other day. Uh, I'm only taking on a couple more people for nutrition because um, there's like 30 of them right now. So I'm only going to take on a couple more. Um, and then at the end of this week, my price on nutrition is going up. So if you're not signed up by the end of the week, you'll have to pay that higher price if you do decide to come on later. Um, I'll probably also start requiring at some point here three months upfront commitment. I've done that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked out well. Um, on the programming side, uh, there's still a lot of people on programming. So I'll probably do about five, four or five more on programming and then I'm going to cut that off as well. So that's just so I can provide the highest quality that I can um, and have, you know, time to do the other important things in life that I have coming up. So, um, yeah, so if you want to get coaching or anything, I would get on it now because, like I said, my prices are going to increase again and uh, there's only a few spots limited. Not one of those people that's like, oh, three spots left and I'm going to cater to 10 or 15. It's not going to be that way. So literally I'll start turning people away. It's not a marketing tactic. It's the truth. Um, And I do only take on people that are going to be a little bit more serious and put in the work, typically uh, competitors only. But um, I've been willing to take on people that seem like they can 
follow what I say and, and put in the work that, you know, that they need to put in. So, cause it is a good bit of work. Yeah. It's worth yeah, it. Especially it's on work. the nutrition side, I'll be a little more lax on the programming side. Um, I try not to work with too many gen pops, uh, that need like in-person training and things like that. Um, I don't, anybody that's brand new to powerlifting, uh, it's very, I've screened hard for that too. So I got it. So I was in last night helping out with rubber city and these two guys come up and they're like, Hey, so, uh, we talked to Justin and got a program. Mm. I was like, okay. And like, oh, okay they're sweating. Yeah. I'm like, is it your first day? Uh-huh. Yeah. You hurting? Uh-huh. Yep. Do you hate them? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They ran, um, like a men's, I think like a men's health thing for like, I forget if he said it was four weeks, eight weeks. They ran it for like three months. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was like basic movements, get them going, you know? Yeah. And then they increased the weight the second time through. And then the third time, you know, increase the weight and the volume and stuff. Um, so now I switched them onto my stuff and it's a little bit more barbell movement based. Um, it's a little, probably more volume than they're mm-hmm. really used to. And that's how I said, don't try to go crazy with the weight. Yeah. <laughs> Just get used to the volume, you know? Um, but it'll, it'll be good for them in the end. Give them a couple weeks to get used to the, the overall just volume change mm-hmm. and they'll be all right. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's it. Pretty sure. So, okay. right. we'll see y'all later. Have a good one.